Welcome back to the Taproom Exclusive here at Collision Bend. I am with Luke Purcell and Ben Northheim, brewers for Collision Bend. We are on to the Seatown IPA. Uh, finally an IPA. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love IPAs. This is another one you guys just released in cans along with the, uh, the Hope Flows uh, Kolsch style. Um, talk a little bit about the about the beer, about the name. Uh, yeah, this one is uh, also joining our year-round lineup in cans and draft as well. So come down to the pub and try it out or pick it up at all the places we distribute to. Uh, the name Seatown, uh, naming beer is always a, is always a challenge for us because every name you can possibly I think for, think for most brewers will agree with that, yeah. Every name you come up with, someone's already oh, taken yeah. it. So, um, I was I was just doing a search for uh, nicknames for Cleveland. Uh-huh. I just I really wanted to name it something after that, and uh, I was like, Sea Town was like one of the first ones that pop up. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's probably a million beers named Sea Town. I, I searched for it everywhere, searched on Tap, searched Google, and nothing came back. And I was like, well, we got it. Here we are. <laughs> uh, I. Uh it, it's it's funny because like I've I there are times where I've come up with like a name and I'm like oh that'd be maybe a cool name for a beer and I and I do that that yeah. search and it's like oh well that's <laughs> fifty other people yeah have already, that idea, already right. taken I I'm not original at all <laughs> yeah but it's like uh, you know I couldn't believe uh, Goldhorn's Dead Man's Curve right yeah like how did no one take Dead Man's Curve before 2016 yeah sometimes you just I don't know. Sometimes the rest of us miss it. And then those are the ones where all the rest of us, we look at like, oh, man, like, we, you know, oh, I was right there. Uh, that was one of the that in, in C-Town or both yeah. like two yeah. that I'm really shocked were weren't taken before very recently. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's just it's funny. Sometimes it just doesn't occur. Or I don't know. Or maybe yeah. someone thought of it and it was like, nah, that one's going to be taken. And they didn't take the time to look it up. Ah, who, knows? who knows? Did you why? already have the brew before the name, or was this one oh, that that's the a name? whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> this beer has been a, a work in progress since we opened, especially yeah. um, without going into too much detail with it. But, yeah, we've, uh, I've been slowly tweaking the recipe for, for almost two years now, and I think I finally – I say that now, but next week I'll want to change it again. Right, so. you'll find But, yeah, I think we finally got it dialed into where it's uh, – where the profile's yeah. kind of locked into where we want, what we're looking for. As like the market dictates a lot what we do and IPAs like we all know is, is just the most popular you know style in the craft beer segment. So we've done a lot of different IPAs and then some of them some of the ideas from those and hop blends have merged into the become this. Since we were canning it, we really worked on it in the, the last few months. I mm-hmm. think to finalize, we get one down that we could keep consistent. Because um, when you're in a brew pub setting, it's like you can change your IPA all the time and people are happy about it. Right. When you start selling it at retail, it's a little bit different of a game. And people mm-hmm. are, when people go to it, they're not just going to it because the can looks cool. Right. It might be the first time they buy it. Right. It might be the reason. But they're looking for a consistent product. So we really like kind of like the last ramped it up the last. We actually uh, a couple weeks ago had the final version of this beer on tap as well as the other version of this it came down to the final two so there's two ipas that were very close to each other just a little hop blend was different and uh you know that's just one of those things you you have to do to to get it right and we're we're pleased with it yeah it's a great great ipa bright uh juicy not juicy like in new england but it's got more of that citrus uh bright hoppiness talk a little bit about the profile on it uh, i didn't want to make a 
a New England, and I didn't want to make a West Coast IPA, so I kind of I wanted that balance of mm-hmm. the malt sweet and the and the bitter from the hops. So um, took a long time, but I, I really love the taste of Centennial and Simcoe hops together. I think that's one of my favorite combinations. Even back as a home brewer, yeah. I found that that was a, a great combination. So um, it's nothing. There's not a lot in the malt bill. Just uh, a little bit of specialty malt here and there, just to, to bring in some more flavor and to smooth out that, that malt flavor. But um, yeah, it's all Centennial Simcoe hops, which are which are fantastic in my mind. Yeah, it, it does uh, does a very well, uh, very good job blending together uh, in in this beer, uh, especially. Uh, what what's some of your favorite ingredients to play with as brewers? I think every brewer's answer is probably going to be hops. Yeah, hops. <laughs> it's. The, the varieties of hops just keep coming out. Um, every year there's new ones. Uh, there's, they're just splicing and, you know, the scientific side of the growing growing is, is happening. And then the results of that are different things that we can try. And so many different flavors are coming out of some of these hops now. So um, for that being said, I think we know our our grains pretty well you know and every once in a while and something some innovation comes along and that not quite as often as these new hops have been Mm -hmm. but every once in a while something something comes along innovation wise i've used this red malt recently that was uh it doesn't give you as much of the uh kind of cloying like sweetness that some of the crystal malts and stuff like that do but it gives you this deep red color so we we liked that we liked playing around with that a little bit on a couple beers um, but I, I see, I see the present and future also of yeast strains. That's been something that's been growing, and almost catching up to how fast the different hop varieties are coming out. And and there's a lot of flavor to be found in different yeasts and different temperatures of, of fermentation and things like that. That I think is uh, probably like the next, the next frontier. Okay. I, uh, I, a friend of mine, he was talking to me, he's a scientist, uh, does all the molecular stuff, yeast stuff, and he was telling me, he, you know, there's, it seems like everybody's got a hop farm now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's growing hops, you can get it anywhere. Uh, but you don't see, like, localized yeast strains as much. And he's like... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. He's like, yeah, and he's talking about, like, he wants to get into the yeast game right. as a scientist. And I was like, yes, do that. I, I'm telling him, please do that. That would be yeah. really cool. I think it would be a really cool thing for you guys to start playing with. Not just specifically, because I just meant sure. brewers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To play with... I'm sorry. Sure. No, Especially you're someone on our scale size, like how much we're brewing at a time. We can, we can afford to play with that stuff, whereas some of these bigger guys in town and production breweries don't have that luxury of doing that because... That's a lot of beer to make at one time, and, oh, yeah. and you don't know how it's going to turn out. So we have the ability to do smaller batches and, and really play around with that stuff. So, Yeah, I think, like you were saying, Luke, I think that's going to be really cool to see how that how that proceeds in the next five years even. Well, so with, with um, what, close to 7,000? I keep saying 6,000 every talk I give uh, throughout this past year, but I guess now apparently we're closing in on 7,000 breweries in the in the country. Um, so if you think about that, the industry, the craft beer industry is very important to their, their whatever state those, those breweries are in now and uh, very important for employment, you know, and then lots of other things. And it's becoming, that side of it is becoming agricultural as well. We getting, we're getting hops grown, like you said. There's hop farms everywhere now, uh, at least in our, our line mm-hmm. of 
around. So we have we have the Midwest as a nice hop growing region, and it's, it was discovered that it was recently, and it's becoming more and more and more. And we're getting some grains that are being grown here, and maltsters in town, and things like that. So you're getting all this local, local, and people are saying, well, I have an all Ohio brew, but I don't know that anyone's used to Ohio, you know, produced yeast. yeast. Like maybe it's produced here, or maybe, you know, the company might be here, but have they actually like pulled yeast from? From here, you know, like there's the real Ohio beer is going to be when someone does wild fermentation or something, you know, Ooh. or or like specific wild fermentation that someone like your friend has pulled off of a dandelion or something yeah. like that. And like, oh, like this really throws off these flavors. And, you know, that is beyond my world, but I will certainly buy that from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that kind of yeah. stuff goes way over my head. I can I can't I can't even fathom that stuff. And. I was telling Ben, you know, the the stuff that you guys do, the the patience that it takes is is uh, is insane, and I I don't have that. So yeah. uh, well, we fill our time nicely. <laughs> ben brought his Fine. Ben brought his smoker down. We make ourselves lunch every day, so oh, it's nice. Uh, it's not a bad life. Oh, you can't complain <laughs> at that point, man. I mean, that's beer, smoking food. Come on, like that's that's the life. Um, yeah. So what with the IPA market now, like. It's it's insane how much it's grown. I mean, it's it's a huge part of the market. Beyond the yeast stuff, what do you see? Do you, do you see brutes coming as being a full time thing, or more more of like a it's gonna the bubble's gonna burst on that? I, I don't see that hitting as much as the the New England. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the brutes a great style. We yeah. brewed one here, and I actually I enjoy that one more more so than. And the New England's only because of, I, I appreciate a dry beer mm-hmm. personally. But, yeah, I don't see that one sticking around as much maybe. Yeah. Um, but you never know. And it, I Six like, months from now we could be. Right. You know, totally it could be 100% brute market. Uh, <laughs> but it's nice to see something like what you guys have done with Seatown where you like you, you were saying how that mix of it's giving you both, best of both worlds right. in the New England and the West Coast. I like both styles. I like brutes too, but. There's something about that that nice bite of a West Coast, but the the smoothness of the New England. You guys really knocked it out with oh, uh, thank you with this thank one. Um, I, I would almost like. There's one thing I think is pretty cool, and and if in talks I used to do maybe even just a few years ago, I would talk about the American Pale Ale style this way, because I, I found myself going, oh, this is a traditional American Pale Ale, or this is just your classic American Pale Ale, and I was like, wow. I'm, that's really cool that our, our industry, our, the American craft brew industry, has come that far where we have those. We yeah. have those things. We have, it's not a new thing anymore. And uh, it made me realize, like, you know, generations that are starting to drink beer right now are, this is normal to them. You know, this wasn't normal yeah. to me when these IPAs were coming out for the first time. And now I'm finding myself saying that about IPAs. And this one is, I would almost say that this is a classic American IPA. You know, with the hop blend that Ben finally settled on after 25 tries. <laughs> um, Practice makes perfect. Yeah, right. And I think that both of those are pretty, you know, they've been around for a while. And the way they work together is gives you that citrusy kind of traditional, the way we're used to having American IPAs nowadays. But it gives you some other elements in there. And the balance in there is, is definitely almost a throwback to... Uh, it's not a brute, and it's not all hop, all hops, and that's all you smell or taste. And uh, I, that's what I love about this beer. Yeah, it, it it's all around just a very well balanced uh, brew. 
you know, nothing's nothing's overpowering anything else. Uh, and sometimes that happens with like IPAs, especially, you know, the hops can dominate too much. Yes. And, you know, you don't want that. That's, you know, I like hops, but man, there's times where I'm just like, Ugh, this is a little much. Uh, but this is this leaves you making makes you want another thirst, another drink thirsts you for another drink. I can't talk today. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, there's nothing more I love about a beer that makes me want to have more than one of them. It's, yeah, you know, it's fun to try things that are over the top and stuff like that. But if I can sit down and drink two or three pints of them, yeah, then that's a good beer in my opinion. Yeah, this is something I can you know out of a six pack I can have two or three of, mm-hmm. not yeah. feel like I'm gonna uh, have to. Yeah, have to and, go we choose, and, you know, and we're choosing these things, you know, that's why we choose this one for package, you know. Right. We still love playing around and, you know, overdoing it, which yeah. is what some people want, you know. We still love doing that, and that's why we have we have a smaller tank that we can play around with a little bit yeah. and, uh, and do some things that are a little bit, you know, and that's not the one we're going to end up putting in, in a can because, again, it goes back to that consistency that I'm talking about, and uh, I love that, you know, you said it, it leaves you thirsting for another beer because, like, I think I've said um, that's probably a pretty good idea when you're a brewer to brew things that people want more of. Yeah. Um, uh, one and done, please. Yeah, but there are beers like that that, like Ben said, we we liked it. We love we love those beers, I and mean, I love to like pick up a glass of some super crazy IPA where it's like felt like I just dove into the like the the hot pelletizer yeah, or something, right. you know, and then just. And then, you know, usually about halfway through that one, hopefully I had a taster glass because I don't want much more of it. So, yeah, you know, that's where we're at with that. But, yeah, we love we like those just as much as anybody. But you got to go for consistency, yeah. you know, on the, that, and that's a really good point uh, you were making both this week and last week is that the fact that people are looking for that that consistency in, in a in a product on a shelf versus coming into a brewery right. where you right. can experiment. And that's the whole point. You know, I was talking to a guy the other night. He he didn't understand why breweries don't just release everything to a grocery store. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. well, then they wouldn't. You have to be really careful. Yeah, you have to go. You, they want you to go there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, go there. If they, if you can get it all at a grocery store, you're not going to go to there. Right. And so, uh, I had to, had to tell him, you know, a little newer to the beer industry and stuff. But it's 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 fun educating people and kind of like, yeah, not because now there's stuff that you have to go down there to try and it forces you to go down there and it's going to put you out of your comfort zone, get you to try things that you might not have ever tried. Like, and that's what my whole thing is like, I like Doppelbox. We're going to get into one next week. I don't think I would normally have tried one had I not gone to a brewery and tried it, you know, and it's, it's a, it's really cool to come down to the place and visit. That's why samplers are always like flights and samplers are always Brew pub's number one selling item, I think, because of that reason. Yeah. People want to come down and try everything you're doing and try new things. Some people don't, so that's why right. we make the consistent one, and it's always on. And, you know, you can always come down here and get our Lake Erie Sunset if that's what you like. But a lot of people do. We sell more flights than anything, right? Yeah. yeah. I bet, you know, the uh, the Destination Cleveland Passport thing's only just helped you guys a yeah, ton absolutely. with that's getting great. people down here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's Gets people excited to get to new breweries. Right. And try stuff. Yeah. We had a lot of people we've talked to in the pub that have come down just because they had that. And they're like, we didn't even know you were down here. We didn't. And some of them, I love this part. We didn't even know there was anything in the flats. <laughs> like I think you said in the first week you were here, it was like, yeah, there was nothing down in the flats, but yeah. it has changed in the last few years here. So there's so much cool stuff down here. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything about the, uh, the sea town that I might've forgotten to, to touch on that you wanted to get out before we head out? Awesome, absolutely. Thank you guys for your time. Tune in next week for the Collision Bend Grand Finale.